quarantine saints and ain'ts. What's good with y'all? I hope you're doing well. Uh, some of you are at home and have been at home for a long time. Washing your hands, watching your kids, binging on Love is Blind, and uh, all those other things. Some of you might be in the, the medical field. We're praying for you. We appreciate you. Thank you for staying in the trenches and taking care of folk. All my daddies at home with them kids, sitting on the lazy boy, going crazy. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted the, the delivery people from Target and Instacart, I'm thankful for you. I haven't stepped foot in a grocery store in three weeks, all because of you. Y'all been walking up to our door with a little mask on. Somebody had a whole <laughs> T-shirt wrapped around their face. I said, <laughs> I ain't mad at you, sister. Stay safe and get your money. Get your buddy. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's crazy. Like, I, I feel like, yeah, when all of this kind of started to inch towards us, I didn't know that it would be this way. Me neither. Honestly, because it just, it was a, a thing that we saw on TV that was happening in China and it was sad, but it felt so distant. I remember looking at the news and seeing it on China. I'm like, man, thinking to myself, like, man, that would be crazy if it came to America. It was inevitable. Yeah, that, this is before I, I I I knew I didn't know if it was a reality that it would come to America. Because the interesting thing is, I was I was studying the history of epidemics and pandemics, so like polio, um, uh, the bubonic plague, all of that type of stuff. And one of the things about them is that all of those plagues plagues always stay local. And I was thinking to myself, well, duh, they stay local with no planes. <laughs> so, right. like, if there were mass amounts of deaths, it was always in the surrounding local countries, not mm. across the ocean. Yeah. And so I think this is a this is a, a sad but a, a real consequence of our technology. That's crazy. It's interesting, isn't it? I didn't it? think about it that way. But, um, yeah, so I guess... I don't know what what you think about all this because you you yesterday I I left the house for the first time in what eight days because I just needed to get out because I'm going stir crazy and so I went to uh, I had to ship some boxes and when I came back Preston was standing by the door with a bottle of sanitizer he didn't say <laughs> hi he didn't say welcome in he just was ready for me to come home so you've kind of been like intense like you went to the store and bought fifteen thousand pounds of meat I did I have more tissue in my pantry that I have ever had in my entire life we're gonna be clean our butts will be nice we no crusty booties. even though. Even though you bought that toilet tissue that scrapes up bottoms. And I know it's because you're a man. You don't even realize no, babe. Look, listen, that, it's, it's, listen, that don't work. That's all they had It left. was construction paper toilet tissue. That's all. No, they, I got some um, Charmin down there. No, you got some Scott. Oh, that, that's good. That's no, name sir. Brand. No, sir. That, that don't got teddies and bears and angels on it. You acting totally different. Because you don't have to wipe yourself every time you sit down. You get to just shake and move on. Yeah, y'all, like every trip, you got to... Yes, it is important. <laughs> we need pillows on our on our situations. Anyway, how you feel about all this? It's crazy, man. Yeah, I went to the store. I got a deep freezer, packed up meat. <laughs> uh, we got so much chicken and beef and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just... I, I It's almost unreal it kind of seems like a movie almost it you does. know um it seems i went to the store and here in georgia i don't know how it, you know it is around the world um but it's people was just going crazy i mean the 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 line in the grocery store was out the door in the parking lot um people fighting over tissue and i'm like jesus what is <laughs> happening 
I'm like, why y'all fighting over, over tissue? tissue? You know, um, not Lysol. Lysol too. Oh, uh, not the, echinacea. The li- not look, vitamin C. Look, man, not I, ginger. See, y'all can tell Jackie wasn't out in them streets. I'm saying I've seen articles about people fighting. These things are essentials, quote unquote, right? Yeah. But nobody's fighting over things that help build or boost our immune systems. The Absolutely. produce is still stocked. So ain't nobody ain't nobody buying vegetables. We just buying lunchables. We just buying hot pockets. We're not buying the things that <laughs> help so our, our red blood cells and so our true. white blood cells work. Yeah, they, they I saw I saw one article was saying that um the 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 shelves that got cleaned out the first was Doritos, cookies, people, um, hot pockets. My God. Like they like, you know, we gonna snack Hyper, while we in. Hypertension is skyrocketing <laughs> as we, we speak. <laughs> and nobody got the broccoli. That's gonna be the next thing. Y'all didn't think the with. broccoli was gonna help y'all immune systems? Mm-mm. Ain't no radishes. Ain't nobody play anyway. anyway. I, I think one of the the things about stuff like this is I always think to myself, what is what is God doing? Right. Because we serve a God who is sovereign, as in he controls or is in control of everything. Um, There's nothing that happens in the world that God did not foresee or even allow. Uh, If 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 he was not in control in some capacity, he would not be God. He would be limited in some way, but he would be finite, but he's not. And so my question always goes back to God. Why is this happening in the world that you own? You know, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you want the church to become from this? What is it that you want the world to see about you through this? So I've been asking those questions myself. Yeah. Yeah. I I put that on Twitter the other day and a couple of people were kind of, upset about it. And I think what you just said is good because it's like, I think because God is in control, some people can say, why would God be in control of such a horrible situation? But the fact that he is in control lets us know that we have security because Mm -hmm. God is a good God. And at the end of the day, he will work out all things for the good of those who love him. And it's like, if he wasn't in control, we should be we should be afraid. I would be scared. We should be terrified. (laughs) Because that that would mean that everything that happens in the world is random um, and unintentional. Absolutely. And that it doesn't have the potential to be useful. When you look throughout scripture, period, I think you see that God is a God of purpose and a God that uses and redeems things. And so you see from the beginning, Adam and Eve sin against God, and he promises that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Mm -hmm. And then you go through uh, the kings and the prophets and the minor prophets and the major prophets, and you see him weaving through these stories and these famines and these exiles and deaths and bad kings and good kings and terrible people and good people. All like all of this stuff happening, he uses yeah. it to bring into history Jesus and redeems us. But he doesn't even stop there. We see all the way through Revelation that mm. God is going to consummate and bring us all back to himself. You better teach us. And so for that reason, I know that God's hand might be heavy sometimes, but he has always used really devastating, nasty, ugly things for really good purposes. Absolutely. And if you think about what you just said and you just relate that to our time, just think about the 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 people who are dependent on the gospel and dependent on Jesus and thinking about God in ways that they never had to think about God before. Yeah. Right. God is doing um, one, he's doing, we don't know exactly what he's doing, but he's doing a million things right now uh, not to, that we don't, that we don't know. Yeah. Well, not to be negative, 
But I've thought about that though. Like if I was a uh, an atheist, would I think about God? Like you, you know about atheism more than I do. Like would they be considering him? Well, well I, I think what, what I think is I think all man because the Bible tells us suppress the truth. Right. Right. It, it is a suppression of the the truth about God. So so a lot of people are not aware that they're suppressing the truth. But mm-hmm. th- that's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I I I. I it's hard for me to believe that if you are a person that's worried that your mother is going to catch coronavirus yeah. or you're going to catch coronavirus, um, uh, that you you don't in some way um, or at some time don't consider the God that you rejected. Mm. It's like, man, like, man, what if? And yeah. I think that God is, uh, I think that you talked about it the other day, is humbling the world yeah. um, and, and letting us know that, you know, we have to... Um, if we not if we haven't been dependent on him, even if we haven't believed in him, we at least have to consider yeah. God at this time. I I, th- I think even if they don't call their um, I guess questioning God or their conclusions, God, I, I I've I was thinking to myself, billionaires, millionaires, the travel industry. Because of the economy suffering in the way that it is, you have all of these people who've been pretty independent. Or yeah, so they think, <laughs> for the most part. And I think what what's happening is the things that all of us and even these top level people, quote unquote, found security in, they're realizing how fragile and how shifting it is. Mm-hmm. And I would think that that's terrifying to the point that naturally, I think as a human and as a finite being, you're now starting to look for something that's more secure than everything that you thought was secure, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I, I would be wondering, where, where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to turn to that I can actually find some type of solid rock to stand on? And only God can provide that. And so I'm hoping that there are Christians um, in these people's worlds that will be able to point them to the truth. But personally, like, I guess, how has being quarantined and being stuck in the house, like, what has that done for for you? And even the implications of what that's done for your, like, business and stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a a person that's self-employed, and who depends on traveling, who depends on, you know, uh, yeah, ministry to to provide for my family. It's it's done a lot. Yeah, I'll be lying if I say that I haven't worried or haven't had some type of, you know, anxiety or fear because um, events have gotten canceled. Um, all of the things that I had planned for the next couple of months is literally put on the back burner. Yeah. You know, events out of the country have been, have been canceled. So it's like, God, like, I need you to provide in a completely different way. <laughs> it's like true. it's like even though I knew that God was my provision before all of this happened, it's like now I now I have to trust in God to provide when I don't really know how he's going to provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just yeah, I think I think yeah, I'm still dependent on God, but I'm I'm more dependent on God because I'm dependent on God when I, I yeah, it's like a blind dependence. Mm-hmm. Um so it's 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 a lot also too just as a father when all of this stuff is happening and people are talking about, you know, potential rioting and people coming into your home to steal tissue, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's a protector. It's like, man, you worry about your family. So not only am I worried about the financial aspect, I'm also worried about, you know, um, making sure my family stays safe from coronavirus and people trying to t- steal our toilet tissue yeah. in, in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's been a lot. Um, but God is still in control. Yeah, the, the financial part is 
is interesting and it's it's a big deal and I, I a lot of people have lost their jobs have been laid off um a lot of people don't have sick leave which is super problematic um and so I think all of us in some capacity uh maybe not all of us like if you work for Amazon but most <laughs> most of us are affected by this when it comes to providing for our families and ourselves and I think um it's scary and I I think what it feels like is like God is saying Hey, I've, I've always been your provider. Like all good things come through the father of lights. I have always provided for the birds of the air. I have always been your father that knows what you need. But sometimes when you have some type of active source of income, so whether that's a job or events or books or music or touring, whatever that is, it feels like your resource is the source. And you theologically, theoretically know Mm -hmm. it's not all good. I know this came through the Lord, but when you lose the thing, then it feels like, oh, because I lost the thing, I'm not going to have the money that I need. And that's just like the money never came through these people. It came from the hand of God. They were just a, what's the word? Um, a conduit of his provision for you. And so I think now I feel like I really have to believe what I've been reading and teaching for so long. And I think about God as a father in that aspect as, you know, cause I think that he's using this situation to, 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 yeah, to do different things in different people's lives. But I think for the believer, like you said, I think that we, 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 we know, um, in theory that, you know, God is providing all of these opportunities, these traveling events, mm-hmm. this this money or whatever. But we we become so used to doing things in just the everyday mundane yeah. that we don't meditate on God the way mm-hmm. we should. And I think that God, um, being a father, he's like, man, I'm going to have to let, let my children remember where their their source comes mm-hmm. from and what the, who their source is. And I think we've all had to just pause at this time. And be like, okay, no, God. for real. Because <laughs> the crazy thing is there's so many things that God provides for us that we don't even ask him for or consider him for. For example, we sleep and our heart beats. We sleep and our brain works. That's a really big deal. We wake up because what? Because we chose to wake up or because God allowed us to? Mm. It's it's like he he is always providing for us 24-7. So why would he change now? <laughs> like he yeah. has always been a father. That is intrinsic to who he is. He cannot stop being father because he cannot stop being God. Yeah. And so I think that's what that's something that I've had to believe and trust that God sees me, sees us, and he's going to take care of us. Does that mean that I'll have everything that I've had in the last six months? No. You know, can do I have the freedom to just spend in frivolous ways like I have in the past? Absolutely not. Now I'm now I'm down to the necessities. What do we need? That's what we need to get. Um, I think another way God has personally been dealing with me is with my parenting. Um, just because Eden, she's been out of school what at this point? Almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. Almost. And we we have a nanny. Um, my best friend lives with me, and so she nannies for us. And so there, I do have some type of uh, I do have the ability to be able to work and be away, <laughs> you know, and go to the office or whatever. But I'm still here. I'm still at home, and I'm just not used to. Being around my children this much. Yeah, we be, we would have been on a couple of flights by now. Yeah, I'm just not used to. Seeing a couple of airports. I'm not used 
Let's do it. We're not used to the. Can I get a snack? Can I get a snack? Just Can you play all, with me? Just all, all, all day. day, all, all day. <laughs> like the, every homeschool mom and dad in the world, I pray that the Lord of hosts gives you so many crown or jewels in your crown on the day that you see his son yes. because you deserve it. Yes. You deserve Y'all all. Y'all need one of them long white robes. Oh my goodness. That's made out of a cloud. You need to sit on sit on the side of Moses. That's what you deserve. <laughs> you need to sit right next to Moses who yes. gave the law to Israel. <laughs> you need to sit right next to Jeremiah who prophetically preached to God's people because you have done a work in the world and we didn't appreciate you but I say all that to say no, we, we, we make it sound like our daughter Eden is such a handful no but she is but she is <laughs> like like child rearing a five year old and an almost two year old is is just next level but I say all that to say I feel like God has shown me how selfish I am as a parent because a lot of the things that Eden does or Eden needs are not negative things she wants a snack because she's hungry she has a question because she has a question she wants to go outside because she's bored mm. but all of these things somehow irritate me and make me angry only because they impede on me wanting to be comfortable Absolutely. and it's just like you're mad at her for being the child that God made her to be. Yeah. You are just as needy as she is, and God is never irritated with you. Teach and us. so it's like I've, I've had to really beg God to help me be a good mother. Yeah, honestly. absolutely. And you know, Eden wrecked me the other day uh, because I think this whole, you know, us quarantining and being in the house has forced us to just all interact with our children in a way that we haven't had to in a long time. Yeah. If, you, if your ch- child's going to daycare, if your child is going to school every single day. And me and Eden, um, we pray every night. And uh, in our prayer time, we we, we talk. But um, yeah, just because she has been in my, in, my, in my space for so long, you know, 24 hours a day, we've just been talking more. And the other day she said, um, Daddy, um, well, she actually told Jackie, you know, that she doesn't feel like Daddy is patient with her. So the other night when we prayed, she opened up and she said, you know, daddy, sometimes, you know, I want you to be more patient with me. And it just wrecked me because I was thinking to myself, I was like, how many times have I thanked God for being patient with me? How many times have I thanked God for just having long suffering and 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 not um yeah yeah just it brought you to repentance letting out his wrath to me and I was just like you know what I know this time is stressful and I think as parents it's very important for us to not allow our frustrations our anxieties our fears to be lashed out on our children because Mm -hmm. God doesn't treat us like that way yeah so God God is patient you know I'm saying God doesn't unleash his anger on his children but he's patient. And, he's, and he has long suffering. And I think uh, that's something that we can learn. Like, allow this time with your children to be sweet. Allow you, uh, allow this time, uh, allow this time to, you know, help you learn your children better and and serve them better and become closer with them. Because I feel like God wants us as parents to, you know, just be closer to our children and yeah, have when, patience with them. So when we were having a virtual church on Sunday, we attended uh, Brian Carter's church in Dallas, Concord Church. And he was teaching about Paul. Is that Philippians where Paul says, I've, I've learned to be abased and to be abound? Or I learned to, yeah, that. And uh, one thing that he was saying is that 
like about Paul's perspective, you know, it's like his perspective while he was abounding and his perspective while he was abased uh, really did determine how he was able to, I guess, stay faithful in both seasons. And I think for me, I realized that my perspective has been off. Like I've been meditating more on the negativities related to being quarantined than the positivities that God is trying to do. Cause God really is good. And I, I know he wants to do something within us and within our families that he probably, I mean, he could do it by other means, but this is probably a really good means to do it. And so mm-hmm. I felt like God was like, you need to change your perspective and see like, man, what fruitfulness can come from you being with your daughter all the time? You know, like what could she learn or observe or hear or see? She's able to cook with you in a way that is different. She's able to interact with you in a way that's different. So to just see the good things that can come out of this, I think, helps us to have more joy. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, I think that God is speaking to all of us individually in different ways. I think for the person, you know, who has a hard time trusting God, I think God wants you to see that, no, at this time, I want you to trust me more. I want you to learn how to trust me for the person who is a busybody. God is saying, this is rest that you wouldn't have taken Ooh, on your own. Ooh, you coming for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't like being still, Right. God is saying for the person who doesn't like community, you quarantining. <laughs> now you see. Now you see. I miss how important community is. You know what I'm saying? For the person who is lazy or has a hard time being productive, you have more than enough time to be productive right now. I think for the nation, God is teaching all of us, nah, like we're not always on the other end of these disasters or these um, pandemics, but God is showing us, no, we have to depend on him like the rest of the world does, Mm -hmm. that we're not untouchable as a nation. God is teaching us all great things individually. And if we allow ourselves to just focus on the negative, we won't see what God is trying to teach us. And also too, um, I I don't want to, you know, just talk about finances and stuff like that and undermine so many people who have lost lives, right. who have, you know, had family members in the hospital, sick, kids, grandparents, wives, husbands. Um, because at, it, when we look at it, you know, I think I think God is showing us that no one is exempt from suffering. Yeah, that's right? true. Right. When, when seeing incidents of this world, um, yeah, they let us know that everybody in this world will have to suffer at some point, you know, in their life or whatever, because that's what that's that's the result that we that we have living in this broken world and a sinful world. But um, in First Peter four, um, Peter talks about suffering in such a beautiful way, and he's writing to God's church, and he's basically letting them know, like, for the Christian who suffers. I want you to know that you're not supposed to suffer in the same way that the world suffers. Even though the world might be going through the same exact thing that you're going through, God is teaching his church something completely different. Um, he lets us know as Christians that we are not supposed to suffer as a meddler or evildoer or, or one who glorifies an evil. Um, but in verse 16 in First Peter 4, uh, it says, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in their name. And I think the reason why he said that is because after the world suffers, if they don't turn to Jesus, there is more suffering, mm. you know, at the end of their life. But after we suffer in this world, we have a life filled, you know, uh, we have a life of eternity with Jesus. And yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing. 
But he says something very, very deep in um, verse 17. He says, um, for, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not bathe the gospel of God? And I think what Peter is trying to explain here, I think Peter is saying that judgment, um, one, will start with the church, that God will use suffering to judge the whole world, but it will start with God's church. But God will use suffering to judge the church differently than how he used suffering to judge the world. And this is what I mean. If you look at a a filtering system, right? When we take water out of its natural element and we put it in this filtering system and the job of of this filtering system is to sip out all the things in water that is not good, like the dirty minerals and the rocks and the things that is not good for human consumption. So when we go to the store, we can pick up a bottle and we can look at it and we can judge it good. And that's what God is doing with suffering when he uses suffering to judge his church. He wants to use this time so that the suffering that we're going through can sip out all the selfishness that we have as parents. It can sip out all the, 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 the sin, the jealousy, the pride, the things that make us not like him. So that when he comes back for his people, he can look at us and judge us righteous. Right. And, and, and I, so I want us as Christians to be encouraged by that, that God is using suffering not to condemn us, but to judge us. That is teaching us how to be. Be, to be more like Jesus and to be conformed in the image of um, the son. And, you know, so just be encouraged that in this time of suffering, that we're not supposed to suffer like the world suffered, like with no hope, even if we have family members dying, even if we have people who are, you know, in the hospital, God doesn't want us to suffer like the world because we have a hope in his name. Preacher. You crazy. You came in here, huh? You said, I'm going to give a word. I'm just saying. I just want the saints to be encouraged. I'm going to give a word on tonight. I want the saints to be encouraged. Okay. Yeah, that is encouraging. Uh, I I feel like this is a really unique situation just because I I haven't ever been a part of something that feels so communal. And what I mean by that is, is that this has hit every aspect of society. And so (laughs) when you go on Twitter, to some degree, all of us are relating to each other in a way that we've never related to each other, which tells you how interconnected all of humanity is. And I think there's some beauty in that because I think when all of this is said and done, when the quarantines are over, uh, when things are kind of normal, I think we'll be so much more excited to go back to church <laughs> and to fellowship. Absolutely. I might not even want to skip, you know, the visitor time. I might actually <laughs> want to just stay there. You might become an extrovert for like two Sundays. That ain't going to happen. But I, I'll be a little more willing to sit and talk with people. I'm saying for like two Sundays, yeah. then you'll go back to your old yeah, ways. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, I missed you. And I don't miss you no more because I see you. I'll, I'll be more, I think, having dinner with people or even yeah. having people in your homes, I think hospitality will feel more like a gift than a burden. Absolutely. And so I think there's a lot of good fruit that will come from this. And so, yeah, yeah I think we just got to, we just got to stay focused, keep praying um, God, because God is in control. God can change things. Uh, mm-hmm. We we need to pray for our government. We need to pray for our senators. We need to pray for our, our president, but we need to ultimately pray to God that he gives them the wisdom to know how to govern accordingly and wisely and in a way that loves and seeks to dignify people. And um, while we do that, 
we just got to trust God. Yeah. Before we end, um, the other day we was on the couch and you, you were talking and you were studying James and you were saying some good stuff <laughs> in, in, in that. Right. I think that you should share that because it was really, really good. Yeah. Well, James, all, he, he comes for everybody's head, probably because he, yeah. he was Jesus's and Jude's brother. Um, but in James 4, um, 13 through 16, James talks about how uh, people <coughs> make all of these Sorry. Pl- I don't have coronavirus. <laughs> People make all of these plans saying today and tomorrow, I'm going to go to this merchant and I'm going to make this profit. And James calls it boasting. He says it's evil because they have not considered the fact that it's the Lord's will that that depends or or what you do and how you succeed at what you do is dependent upon the Lord that wills it. And I think that's how I feel about this whole situation is that we have gotten so used to our routine um, that we have figured that our calendars are actually controlling our days mm. instead of the Lord who controls our days. Yeah. And so it feels like God is saying, no, I've... I have always been king. I have always been in control. All of the plans that you probably made for 2020 have been redirected and thrown out of whack. And that's a great thing. And that's a good thing because you realize that you are finite and I am infinite. And I think that that's really good news to know that a really, really, really good God has always been in control of everything. That's powerful. I don't know. That's where I'm at right now, where it's like, I can't keep talking about today and tomorrow without saying I'll do this if the Lord wills. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy that James went as far to say that it is boastful to say, oh, next week I'm going to do this. Yeah. As if it's, as if we control And it doesn't week. feel boastful because none of us are saying it to be arrogant. We're yeah. not, we're not willfully saying, girl, I'm going to make the, I'm going to go tomorrow and I'm going to make these noodles or next week I'm going to go to Italy or this, uh, that day I'm going to do, like it's, it's natural. But, but we that's, often, we often forget that God is the one in control. But the fact that it's natural means that it needs to be uh, redirected towards something supernatural, which is to, it is not normal for us to function as dependent beings, though we are intrinsically dependent because we're created. Yeah. And so I think what God is bringing us back to is the fact that because because you are a created thing, you are automatically dependent on me. Amen. And that's a beautiful thing to know that you are just as needy now as you have always been. You just feel it more. Oof. That's, but, that's some good stuff. But that's that. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure y'all wash our hands. Episode. Yeah, wash your hands. Don't be coughing on people. Now, now keep washing your hands, but don't forget to take showers. <laughs> Cause here's the I thing. I heard people aren't aren't. Here's dating. the thing. I mean, it's like people like we don't go outside, so we ain't got to take showers. I ain't been. Out- That's the thing. I, you know, you went to bed and you just you lived. Yeah. And you walked around the house. Don't forget to wash your, your little booties. Your little armpits was moving around. Right. If you if your armpit a little moist, Ew. it probably stink a little bit. Ew. <laughs> you know, use the bathroom. Yeah, why? Just do that. I know we ain't leaving the crib, but wash y'all butts. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, peace.